You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Meat Friday. We've been so busy with everything else, I don't even know what we're cooking today. Alan, the IT guy, has the Traegers fired up. We got a shower of shame coming up in the final hour of the show. We had the big golf match yesterday. Mario against Tyler, the moderator. We gave you the first three holes uh, about an hour ago. And then coming up in about 20 minutes from now on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dan Patrick show, the next three holes. And then in the final hour, the final three holes, the loser. It's a firing squad of water balloons. And uh, the person who won the match yesterday was going to put hot sauce in some balloons and then it was suggested, why stop there? Why not put bleach in one of those uh, balloons while you're at it? Uh, so we've, we've got milk, juice, and water in the balloons, and that'll be coming up in the final hour of the show. Don't want to give away who won, but we all lost after watching that yesterday. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle with DP Show. Say good morning to our radio partners. Good morning. And uh, chat row, and those watching on youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Got a poll question. I don't know if we stay with this poll question. Are we going to? Nope. Oh, we're so not. the question is, what position would you not want to play in the NFL? Okay. We had all these like franchise tag numbers, but everyone said, no, I don't want to be an offensive lineman, even though they get paid. All right. Uh, so we have some silly ones, Dan, because it's Friday. Okay. I will hit you. It is First, it's National Skateboarding Day. Who would you rather be? Tony Hawk... The greatest skateboarder, arguably, or Kelly Slater, the greatest surfer, arguably? Kelly Slater. Do you get Kelly Slater's looks is what everyone's asking. I'm Kelly Slater. No, you, you have his ability and career. But Wait, your you're looks. not defining the poll question. You have to because Kelly Slater's too good looking. Yeah, but Tony Hawk has got a couple hundred million dollars. Yes, he. There is one major, major, major factor uh, that differentiates the two and why there's no way I'm taking Kelly Slater. Okay. I'll let you guess what that is. You're afraid of the water. No. Oh. I'm afraid of what's in the water. Sharks. Okay. I'm, I have a very real fear of being eaten alive by an animal, and I do not want to be eaten alive by a shark. Okay. So you'd rather be injured like Tony Hawk gets injured. Yeah. As opposed to the possibility of being eaten by Would, a shark. Okay. If I gave you the choice right now, you could be injured, you could have like an injured knee, or you could be eaten alive by a shark. Which would you take? Ooh. Well, the potential <laughs> the, the potential to be eaten by a shark. No, the, the potential of a knee injury or the potential of being eaten alive. I've had the knee injury. Okay. Right, try being eaten alive then and that, let me know which one is better. That poll question has got to be 100% <laughs> knee injury over like, eaten by a shark. Are if you anyone, sure? I would think that'd be 100%. <laughs> okay, uh, let's say you're not afraid of sharks. Then I would be Kelly Slater. Why would you not be afraid of sharks? <laughs> well, I, it, let's say they police the water and I could be up on my surfboard and then there's no sharks in there. It's underwater. They can't police under there. They could police. They you can. Mean, they could say, look out, shark, and then you get eaten. Yeah. I give you a two-second warning. There's a hey, you there. have a lifeguard there that says, shark! What other? What other? Did a Mick Fanning, that surfer, get attacked by sharks twice? Twice. Yeah. yeah. That's bad. After the first time, I have no sympathy for you for the second time. But do you think Mick Fanning thought, usually your odds of a shark attack are like 0.000. He figured, I'm attacked once. I'm in the clear for a while. Odds-wise. What else do you have, McLovin? Well, if you're not into that, you're not going to like it. Are you more, <laughs> the next one, are you more afraid of bears or sharks? Sharks. Yeah, me too. All of us here, I think. I at least see the bear coming. I don't see the shark. 
Any run-ins? Because I know you go hiking up there in the woods sometimes. I've, I've, uh, I've encountered bears. But for the most part, bears don't really care about us. Sharks care about us. Bears, no. That Komodi bear that I saw in British Columbia, he was just there grabbing salmon. Now, if he really wanted me, then he could have had filet of Dan, and it, I couldn't have gotten away from him. But he was, he was in his own little world, just going out there, you know, stabbing salmon who were, you know, spawning, swimming upstream. Shark? See, I don't like going into the water that I can't see the bottom. I like looking at the water. I don't like being in the water. And then you get, like, seaweed that wraps around your leg, and you're like, whoa, what's that? What's that? You know, meanwhile, your kids are playing, and they have, you know, they, they couldn't care less. Yeah, McLeod. I don't know if I got enough love for the story I told last year. You know, I saw a great water, a great white off the beach in Cape Cod. Did I tell you guys that? Yeah, you did. I don't uh, know if I got enough love yeah, for yeah, the story like, I told last year. Deal. That's that's like something say. I would say. That should be, oh, there's McLovin, the guy who saw the great white. Did I never get that? I don't know if I got enough love for that. But what kind of love did you want that you saw a great <laughs> like white? I saw a great white shark in real, like, 60 yards, like, it, like. Oh, my God, it was what, right next to you. Did you save one of your kids from it, or? I don't know, like, 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 like Jay Cutler could have thrown a football. It was that close to me. I was on the land, by the way, <laughs> just to be clear. You think the shark looked at you on the beach and said, oh, great white. Yeah, yeah. No, the glare <laughs> kept him away. They like shiny objects, and me in the sun was, <laughs> might have attracted him. All right, we're going to give you more love that you saw a great white shark. By the way, are they all great white sharks? Are there average white sharks <laughs> Like, everybody's a porn star. No, they're not. There's great whites. Are there good, good white sharks? Why is everybody great? Yes, Todd? Not that I watch that much, but there are journeymen in the porn world. They're definitely not all stars. <laughs> journeymen. He's bounced around a couple places. Different porn companies yeah. picked them up. Yeah. I just saw an article the other day there where it said that, that the country lost its way when we changed porno to porn. <laughs> there used to be a porno. <laughs> well, it was pornography. Right. Porno, porn. Everything went to hell when we changed porno to porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, McLovin, you have my word. We'll give you a little bit more love that you saw a great white shark. Like, if you're at a barbecue this weekend, someone says, yeah, did you hear there was a shark sighting? Oh, yeah, my friend yeah, McLovin. McLovin saw a great white last summer. Can we check? Is is Are they just known as great white? I think that's, a, it's got to be the species name, right? The great white shark. But, I don't know. Yeah, I was just surprised that you're a great white shark. Like, is there a, a foot length where you're no, like you, the cusp of being a great white? Like, if you're eight feet long, you, God, if I was two feet longer, I'd be a great white shark. It's like, you know, women who are five, six, but to be a, you know, a supermodel, you got to be five, eight. You can't be five, six. Right. Like, is there a white shark? There's a yellow shark. I know that. There's a blue whale. Yeah, but they're not called great blue whales. Right. No, I get your point. Like, should there be a white shark? Oh. Yeah, see. So the question is becoming in chat row, uh, which I guess is sort of what we're saying. Would you rather see your death coming or be surprised by it? Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to see the bear coming before he eats me. You're going to do that slow walk away where you try to walk slowly from the bear. You don't make any movement. You just back <laughs> away. I, I And they say, too, you're supposed to be really loud. Oh, you are loud. Okay. You're supposed to be like, get out of here, bear! You know, and like try and like make yourself big. 
I think. Don't take this as... No, that's right. Don't take this as, like, uh, really? exact advice. Yeah, I think you're supposed to be really loud. Uh, and you're supposed... Like, if you're in a group of people, say you have three or four people, you're supposed to, um, like, make yourself look like one big being. Stand together, wave your arms, and make noise. Right, right, right. I also had a run-in with a brown bear in Alaska, but I'm not even going to be that guy. I know I didn't give get, you love. You did not get nearly enough love for not that run-in. Yes, Todd. What if the bear takes the loudness and says, i got to shut this person up. I'm just going to eat him. I don't want to hear him <laughs> screaming like that. He's like, what is he doing? They're screaming and yelling. The only thing I can do I is I got some cubs him. who are trying to sleep here. Yeah, Paul. Be the fastest guy in the group is the best way to avoid the bears. That is true. Oh, Sorry, Todd. Break no. first. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the bear would think if if the bear saw all five of us and then we all started to take off and then he just looking at Fritzy from behind? Well, and I got on. the slow and the extra meat on me, so that's oh, a I double know. feature right there. You just have to wait to see if the bear says "suck it" front row or back Whoa. row, and then you're gonna know. Whoa! <laughs> all right, yes, McLeod. You want another hard hitting poll question? Yeah, sure. Why not? So it's Father's Day. Uh, would you rather be left alone all day on Father's Day or do a big family event? Uh, be left alone. <laughs> what? I gave you an honest answer. I kind of get that every day, <laughs> whether I've asked for it or not. But yeah, probably just, you know, because this is where everybody goes overboard since it's Father's Day. And then they don't act normal. I'd rather you just act normal. Say, hey, Dad. Hey, uh, happy Father's Day. And then you just move on. I'm okay with it. Don't need gifts. Um, my dinner pick would be nice. And uh, cigar, a little tequila, watch some uh, building off the grid or main cabin masters. But then I did that last night, and then the, the <laughs> night before that, and the night before that. Yes, Todd. Now, is that a bringing in dinner, or are you prepared to be socially distant on a nice patio, or go? Are you ready to go inside a restaurant? No, now I don't want to go anywhere. It? No, I don't want to go anywhere. Just stay at home. Fire up the Traeger. You know, let somebody cook on it. Good to go. Couple beers. That'd be it. Are you guys going to do the politically correct answer and say, oh, of course I want to be surrounded by my loved ones? Yes, McLovin. Why should we have to say that? It's our day. It's Father's Day. We shouldn't I, have to. I'm just saying yeah. it's, it felt like you guys were a yeah. little quiet on the topic. And no, you're right. I, and I put myself out there, and it's like, okay. Yes, Tom. I think it's perfectly fine to want to be left alone and have quiet because on Mother's Day, I'm sure there's a lot of women. It's like, you take the kids and send me off to a spa day or I'll have a girl's weekend out and, uh, and I've been taking care of everything all along. This is uh, my time to relax and you deal with everything. <laughs> Todd, don't be such a fool. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that trapped? Was that trapped? <laughs> uh, Luke in Alabama joins us. Hey, Luke, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, appreciate you taking my call. Just wanted to uh, make a suggestion that you, you play Sean McVay and, and that little clip there, and then you, you play Todd Fritz, section row seat. They are eerily similar. I think Sean McVay was trying to do stand-up, then realized he didn't say anything that was funny, but he couldn't get away <laughs> from the microphone. All right, Luke, thank you. Um, I don't know if the guys in the back have section row seat with Todd available. And then we could play Sean McVay side by side with uh, Todd at uh, Caroline's. Which one? Which one had more comedy? Wow! Wow! <laughs> which one had a better punchline? Ooh! I went, and I went desperate with like language, which had no place in that. Uh, looking for some type of chuckle. Okay, I'm gonna play Sean McVay first, and then we'll bring in Fritzy a little bit of section row seat. Here's Sean McVay of the Rams. 
we're talking about some of this stuff and we're playing football. I mean, we're going to social distance, but we play football. This is really hard for me to understand all this. I don't want to be, I just, I don't get it. Okay. That's Sean McVay. Here is Todd Fritz. So I'm at a sporting event the other night (laughs) and at least three different people come over to me asking if I'm sitting in their seats. So I don't know if it's uh, if you guys ever deal with this, if you go to a concert, a sporting event, how difficult is to find seats at a concert or a sporting event <laughs> think about it it's got all the information you need right there on the ticket section row seat number section row seat number it's really really not that complicated okay. i got these people coming over to me people coming over to me yeah yeah <laughs> is there a way that we could play them both at the same time and then bring the volume up on one and then bring down todd and then vice versa so uh, alan if you can do that so I'm at a sporting event the other night. We're talking about some of this stuff, and we're playing football. I mean, we're going to social me asking if I'm sitting in their seats. So this I don't is really hard for me to understand all this. <laughs> How difficult is to find f***ing seats at a concert or some of this stuff, and we're playing football. I mean, information you need right there on the ticket. This is really hard for me That is great. That's a great call. Hey, Luke, uh, Luke, call back and uh, have Marvin give uh, give Marvin your information. I'm going to send you some uh, t T-shirts. Maybe a section row seat T-shirt, if we have any more left. Uh, Jesse in L.A. Hey, Jess, what do you have this morning? Hey, D.P. Hey, bud. Hey, after Friday, you and the Danettes. Uh, also commenting on the Sean McVay soundbite. Okay. I'm throwing in the comparison to John Gruden in terms of delivery and then the utter confusion to follow after you sort of dissect what was just said. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just vintage Gruden. And oh, yeah. I, as soon as I heard it, I went, man, he's trying to uh, channel John Gruden here. He's like yeah. a, a Gruden wannabe here. I, I also had a comment, if that's okay, on LeBron okay. James four years ago today after you mentioned the play of the day. Yeah. Uh, I think it's remarkable. You know, there's some remarkable performances in the Kyrie shot. The Kevin Love stop at the end very rarely gets mentioned. But I think it's remarkable that out of all his plays and accolades, that block is the first thing I think of when it comes to LeBron's best plays. And it is amazing, and I don't know how many basketball players, thank you, Jesse, that you think of, you know, a football player, Malcolm Butler. When I think of Malcolm Butler, I think of that one play. But it's Malcolm Butler. He doesn't have a long resume of great plays. LeBron, with that block shot, shows you the greatness of LeBron James. Not one-dimensional. Great score, going to be one of the top five scores in the history of the game. Maybe top three of all time. Maybe top two. But to play defense, and Jordan was a great defender. What gets lost in the shot against Utah is the strip on Carl Malone. Because he knew what Carl Malone was going to do. Jordan had the strip. And, you know, when you have these players who are that great, when you have signature plays, it's normally offensive. But with LeBron, it is that block on Andre Iguodala. And that is an incredible block. And, you know, Jesse's right. You know, Kyrie hit the big shot there. But if you look at that, it is so close to being a goaltend. But, you know, LeBron chasing him down and making that block shot. Gus in Los Angeles. Hey, Gus, good to have you back. Good morning, Mr. DP. But, hey, can I talk to the guy that saw the great white? Wow. (laughs) Well, hold on, Gus. Hey, McLovin, (laughs) do you have time to talk to Gus about you seeing a uh, great white shark? Uh, Maybe after the show. You know, I 
I'm the shark guy on the show, so this is probably a call okay. for me. Okay, uh, yeah, he's too busy questions? right now, yeah. Gus, but thanks for showing love to McLovin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny stuff right there. Man, callers are crushing it today. Uh, Gus, did we lose you? Yeah, hello? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't my punchline. That wasn't my up right there. Um, oh, okay. Uh, no, uh, quickly just uh, wanted to say is that, you know, um, kind of getting back on my football topic here, is that we got Cowboys that are testing positive. We got players that are from the, te- from, from the University of Texas that are testing positive here. It took the NFL one person – or it took the NBA one person to shut down. The NHL didn't wait to, to have players test positive. Why isn't the NFL shutting down? Is this like the NFL's, like, one shot saying, we don't care about the health and wellness of our players – as long as someone's there to fill out a jersey, we don't care. That's probably it, Gus, <laughs> to be honest with you. That, that's why, uh, you know, you, and thanks for the phone call. By the way, uh, stay on. Oh, we just lost him. I was going to tell Marvin to get information. That was a great call. I'd, I'd send you a couple of shirts there, Gus. Yes, McLovin. Someone just tweeted us and asked if there's such a thing as an elite white shark, sort of like the elite quarterback okay. question. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> I just think, man, you, you – I. I got this label on. Imagine if you're a white shark and you're not great. Like you're just average, but you got to live up to the great white shark. I mean, that's really tough to do. Uh, let me see. What else do I have here? Um, all right, we'll get to more phone calls here. Paul Feinbaum will join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Looks like Ole Miss is on the clock to change their mascot. We'll uh, talk to Feinbaum about that. Also, Mike Gundy. Is he talking his way out of trouble or into more trouble? It's coming up on 19 after the hour. This is, oh, by the way, on YouTube.com slash Dan Patrick Show, the next three holes with Mario and a title of the moderator are coming up with a shower of shame hanging in the balance in the final hour of the show. 19 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. You check things all the time, like your email, your Instagram. What about checking something important as your credit? When's the last time you did it? Have you done it? And if you haven't, why not? Because I got Discover offering FICO credit scores, the score used by 90% of top lenders. Then they'll let you check for free, even if you're not a customer. Checking your score won't hurt your credit. You can check each month for changes. Best of all, it's free. The Discover credit scorecard, free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We have a Discover moment of the week, and I was going to wait about 20 minutes to do it, but we have Paul Feinbaum who's going to join us. I don't want to cut into his time, so... If we can uh, play the Discover Moment of the Week. It uh, took place a couple of days ago when we had the former Chicago Cub first baseman, Mark Grace, on, and we were talking about steroids. How are you not tempted to use steroids? Uh, I'm going to give you the honest answer, Dan. Okay? Uh, I, was a, I was a single man in Chicago, and that stuff is, is bad for your get-up-and-go, if you know what I mean. So, so uh, I, I wanted to con- continue to have the ability to get up and go. So uh, that's a that's a big reason. Uh, second of all, I don't think myself 
my swing was conducive. I, I wasn't a fly ball hitter. I was a, I, I hit line drives and ground balls for the most part. If I, if I elevated a line drive, it would, it would go out of the ballpark. So I just don't think uh, – I was never interested in it. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because now looking back on my career, my numbers were my numbers, not a syringe's numbers. They were my numbers, and I'm proud of that. That's Mark Grace, former Diamondback, Chicago Cub, first baseman. Uh, the Discover Card Moment of the Week brought to you by Discover. Free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a customer. It includes the FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit either. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitation supply. Mark Grace was very popular off the field. I uh, visited uh, Wrigley on a weekend, and I remember Janine Turner. Was she in uh, the show Twin Peaks? Northern Exposure. Or Northern Exposure. Yeah. First ballot. She was Twin Peaks, but she was in Northern Exposure. And she was leaving town, and Lauren Holly, who was in Dumb and Dumber, Lauren was getting to town. I said to Gracie, you should have a turnstile here instead of a front door. He was he was batting, batting cleanup, though. <laughs> he was. He was the Sosa of Rustry? <laughs> he was. Well, you know, Grace never went out. Well... No, he didn't. We saw him a few times. No, he was not. He was, he was a lightweight. You know, when if we went out, he didn't stay out, and there was no reason to. Like you stay out if you are looking for something. He could go back home. He didn't know. He didn't need to go searching. You know, what is it a a two at ten or a ten at two or whatever that is? What wait, what's oh, what you're saying, McLovin? When you were at Dartmouth, oh, what were you a? Were, were you a? Uh, That's what a, Maddox said the other. You're a ten at two and a two at ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. We okay. I'm by right the way, there with you, McLeod. I'm looking at Janine Turner boyfriends. If we're allowed to go here, famous boyfriends yeah. engaged to Alec Baldwin. Mm. Uh, broke it off. Jerry Jones Jr., Sylvester Stallone, Mark Grace, Mikhail Baryshnikov, and Troy Aikman, which got a lot of publicity at the time, because she's from Dallas. Hmm. Not bad at this, there. No, no. And then Lauren Holly was in Dumb and Dumber. By the way, spectacular in Dumb and Dumber. She was such a big deal for a long time. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and she had no idea, really, who Grace was. And when that she remember when um, we were in left field stands, and uh, she was she called into my answering machine at ESPN. And she, she wanted my number at work, and she wanted to record that she was having the greatest day of her life. She had had a couple of beverages there sitting in left field at, uh, at Wrigley. Doug in North Carolina joins us. Uh, Paul, Paul Feinbaum will join us in about 15 minutes from now. Good morning, Doug. What's on your mind? Well, uh, first off, I have to give a shout-out to Marvin. That was the funniest line in the YouTube clip where he said, I can't use the golf phrase <laughs> that I know, uh, <laughs> like fairway and green. But I'm calling because I've heard the openings that you played every hour, and I want to show some love to Fritzy. I'm a fairly new viewer to the show. I'm a pastor, and I've only started to watch since our church is closed down. Um, every show, you're a great interview interviewer, but every show has a host. Every show has got great guests. Since Regis Philman, every show has got a producer that contributes. There is nobody, nobody on the media landscape like Todd Fritz. He is, sometimes I feel guilty because I don't know if I'm laughing with him or at him, but he is a one-in-a-kind, unique person, and I think he's the heart and soul 
I don't know if he's any good at booking, but I think he's the heart and soul of your show. And he is just, there's nobody like him, and he makes the show entertaining, and you root for him. I mean, I, I seriously wonder if it's an act, because I can't believe he doesn't know how to use tongs. So I sit there and go, is this for real? Is this an act, or is this? But he is, he, there's nobody else like him on the whole media landscape. So a little love to Todd Fritz. Uh, Doug, I'll be, I'll be honest. <laughs> what you see and what you hear is what is real with Todd. Uh, but uh, thank okay. you. Thank you. Uh, Todd, got, you know, got some nice love there. Yes. He, okay, cool. You know what? We should, you, just, we should just tell the truth. It's all an act. Well, people do think that. <laughs> they do. I wish. Thank you for the phone call, Doug. Yes. Pauline. I, I would defend Fritzy there. It was a, it was a lovely compliment, uh, but that'd be like saying, hey, hey, pastor, you're a good guy, but you're not really good at uh, sermons or, or pasting <laughs> or whatever you call it. Fritzy, the, well, he's new to the show, so he doesn't know. Like, we haven't had any good guest on recently, and I think that's probably why he's saying, you know, he might be a good booker. I don't know that. I, I, so I don't know, Todd. I don't know how you took it, you know. It seemed like mainly a compliment that uh, he appreciated my sensitive sweet side, and I don't know why he needed to get in the little shot about that. I don't know what kind of hooker he is, but again, if he's new to the show, you know. And I don't. We don't do the list every Friday of all the guests I got. Anymore. And that's a good thing. <laughs> it is a good thing. Yeah. There are some weeks when it's a very barren list. You had a, you had a good week. Doctor Fauci, that's you know, not going on a I thousand mean, if, shows. If, if Mark Cuban shows up next hour, then you know you end the week on a good note. We'll play it by ear. He's usually yeah. pretty responsible. I feel good about uh, Mark being on time. Yeah. But people people do ask, is, Fritzy, is that how he really is? And I go, Yep, that's how he really is. It's probably one of the more asked questions that I have. Yeah, see. So, yeah, what is that? Is that a good thing if people are like, is that an act? <laughs> I don't I can't tell. No one could be that screwed up. It's got to be a scripted thing. No, no. Is that an act? It's, it's, it's not an act. You got to tell me. Is it, that an act? It's real. He can't cut with scissors or tie his shoe. That's, that's not possible. He's like 50, isn't he? Well, you can't. You didn't know how to use the scissors. And then you said, well, you needed left-handed scissors. You didn't know how to use a broom. Did not. You did not know how to cut cake. You did not know how to use tongs. Largely incompetent. Yeah. Underline large. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're a good booker. It's a work in progress. But you would think by 50, you know, you can't just be a work no, in progress if, forever. If you haven't learned it by 50, not happen, you're not sorry. learning it. Got a decent hook shot. Yes, McLovin. I could just picture that pastor telling someone about Fritzy off the show and be like, oh, yeah, and they have a guy, McLovin. He's the shark guy. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to push his narrative. Oh, I know. You're doing a great job. Heart and soul. Yeah. And the shark guy. Todd is the heart and soul of the show. That's kind of sad if that was even remotely true. I don't know what that says about uh, the whole uh, Now I'm worried thing. about this as, as we move forward. We're like limping our way yeah, to a are. finish line that doesn't <laughs> exist. Uh, Patrick in Chicago joins us. Hi, Patrick. What do you have for me today? Hi, Dan. It's Patrick McDermott. I'm 11 years old from Chicago. Hi, Patrick. And- Hi. Um. What What is your favorite? Um. Who is your favorite person from Main Cabin Masters? Who's your favorite? Um. My favorite is Jedi because I play hockey and I like how he has the um hockey hats on sometimes. But who's yours? I like Ryan. He's been on the show before. I think he's kind of goofy. Uh, Jedi is really talented. It feels like he can. Yeah. yeah he can do all the things that nobody else can. But uh. I like Ryan, but Patrick, uh, you know, yes? What is your favorite episode for Main Cabin Master? My favorite episode. 
the one where they build the cabin on the lake. Oh, that one's a good one, but that happens like every time. <laughs> oh, um, it does. You called me on that, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, hey, I hope you have a good summer and a safe summer. Are you playing sports? Yeah, we're driving down to Florida right now, and we're listening to the Dan Patrick show. All right. Uh, is uh, our mom and dad there with you? Yep. Hey, mom and dad. Hey, hey, Dan. How are you? I'm doing okay. Uh, I, if... long, we got a long drive. Yeah, Chicago to Florida. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if our T-shirts will fit you, but uh, stay on hold, and I'll have Marvin get your information if that's okay, and uh, we'll send Patrick a uh, couple of DP show shirts if that's all right. That sounds great. Happy Father's Day to you guys, and uh, front row, back row. All right. Well, thank you, Patrick, and uh, Patrick's dad. Safe travels there. All right. Start them young. You know, I like it. We get them right out of the womb where somebody calls in and said, hey, my son was just born or my daughter. We'll take it. Yes, Tom. It's a very professional call. He gave his name, his age, where he's from, like, you know, like he was on Wheel of Fortune or something like that. That was great. Yeah. And the fact that it made Cabin Masters. I don't know if I have a favorite episode because it feels like every episode is the same episode. And they come in, it's a, a cabin that was handed down and it's dilapidated and they come in and they just spruce it up there. It's not like building off the grid where oh, the weather is coming in. Uh-oh, we've got to get that roof on. I can't, can't you just have fun with one of those episodes where you just sort of make fun of the fact that you're making it sound like, I don't know if we're going to get this done. I don't know if we'll get that roof on. Like where you just want to say, no, we're, we're basically BSing you. We're going to get it done. We do get it done. It works out. Somehow it always works out. Although I did see one where this couple was building off the grid and they didn't get done. And then they actually bailed on the project. And I like that. But it's like Guy Fieri, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Every meal is great. I'd love for him to take a bite and go, you got to be kidding me. That's not very good. Because Simon Cowell will say that. Like his honesty is what people, they were attracted to that. And I, I said to Guy Fieri, Guy, not every meal can be, you know, a trip to Flavor Town or whatever. Yeah, Paul. I think that's why people liked Anthony Bourdain a lot because he would go places and he would try lots of foods. He would say like, you know what, this dish is not for me, but let me tell you, it's the most popular in this, this country. He would not rip it apart, but he'd say, this is not for me. I'm not eating this again, but I appreciate the history behind it. But he's going to a restaurant and you're going there with the owners. I understand that, but he just makes it seem like every meal is a great meal. Yes, Todd? I've got nothing to add to that. Did I look like I was leaning into the microphone? Yeah. I've been messing you up lately with that. Usually it's, it's the raising of the hand. Well, no, now... I feel bad if I don't call on you because I, th I thought you were leaning in and I was going to call no, on then you. I, then I need to adjust you... my posture. Because yeah. I, I was okay. about to just say anything random. That's Did a... you guys know that Andrew saw a great white shark last year? No way. Get out of here. Yeah. Yep. I could tell you the whole story. <laughs> Why is it you always have something to say, Todd, but if I go to you, then you don't have anything to I say? You put me on the spot. I got very nervous. I was like, in my mind, I was like, I can just say some kind of random thing that may or may not match what you're talking no, about. No, because you could or then... I can just say, you know, I don't have anything to say. Why don't you have three things on a piece of paper before the show? That could have, it may have nothing to do with what you're saying. Well, no, you could just, you could have said, hey, uh, Paul Feinbaum checked in. I could have said that. No. I was trying to distract from a 15-minute monologue here about it. 
Oh, like, no, no, no. We did that yesterday, and, and we won't do we're, that. Because we're walking right back no, into No, 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 we're not going to. i got to take a break. This is going to be the next 15 minutes I, I, now. No, about it's Todd. not. Did he raise his no, hand? No, it's not. No, it, no, he leans in. I did. I've been, I've been messing him up with that. I'm leaning in so he thinks I'm, that I have something to say. Even No, no not going to do it. Go ahead. No, 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 no. i got to take a break. Paul Feinbaum's going to join us. Not going down this road again. Not this week. Paul Feinbaum joins us uh, coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's the New York Times bestselling author, ESPN commentator. And uh, you can see him on the SEC Network and heard on ESPN Radio host of the Paul Feinbaum Show on Sirius XM. Paul joins us on the program. How would you sum up the week in college football this week, Paul? Uh, it was tumultuous, Dan, uh, with, with so many different things going on from uh, the social unrest uh, piece of the puzzle to rising COVID rates uh, in Texas. Uh, Anthony Fauci uh, here yesterday uh, pouring a little cold water on the, the positivity train. It was not a good week. Uh, in particular, Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy, is he talking himself out of trouble or talking himself into even more trouble? I think Mike Gundy is talking himself into uh, being a commentator on some network fairly soon um, because I, I don't think he can last much longer. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he started the week off in, in bad shape, uh, and then he, he kept talking and talking. And, you know, I'm not going to quote Shakespeare about uh, protesting too much because he, he really never made any sense. Uh, and you know, he, he went from wearing a, a One America News Network T-shirt, which which seemed innocuous, even though he has supported it in the past, uh, to then disparaging them uh, after acknowledging that he didn't really understand why his players w- were so upset. I mean, it was it was a incalculably bad week for Mike Gundy, um, and he he's you know it's you know he he's he's really well known for one thing, Dan. He, he, he gave a memorable speech. I'm 40 and I'm a man. He's 50 now, and uh, he's a buffoon. If you ran Oklahoma State's athletic program, what would you do? I would get rid of him. Uh, and it's not because of a T-shirt. I know I know a lot of people on certain political ideologies want to make it into that. Uh, I just think he's, he's, he's miscalculated so many times. He's embarrassed uh, himself and the university so many times, and not to get to actual football matters, but he's two and thirteen against Oklahoma, Dan. That doesn't work. I mean, I, I know John Cooper tried that trick at Ohio State about twenty-five years ago, and finally caught up to him. Uh, at some point, even though he, he's got a good record by Oklahoma State standards, which is not very high, uh, I think he needs to go. Yeah, when you go seven and six, eight and five, the last two years, that uh, that that would put you on thin ice, certainly in in that conference there. But I I, I get. I'm waiting to find out if his players are ex- truly accepting of this. Because if they are, then that's their world, that's their coach, and I would, sure. I would accept it. From an outsider looking in, if I'm a player, I would not accept that, and I would ask for change if I could at Oklahoma State. Yeah, uh, and, and I don't really think it's a close call. I mean, sometimes these are very narrow. Uh, these are 5-4 decisions, not to sound like I'm covering the Supreme Court here on the DP show. Although I've always wanted to cover the Supreme Court, um, but I mean, he, I mean, they can do better. I mean, he, you know, I'd fire him just for the mullet alone, Dan. <laughs> uh, you got Ole Miss on the clock now. The SEC <laughs> is finally like 
what is what is the state of Mississippi like? The SEC statement is basically saying to Ole Miss, "What?" Well, it's interesting. Uh, I thought I thought the commissioner w- was interesting in, in how he did it. I mean, he went after the state flag, which 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 has the Confederate flag uh, in the corner. Um, he he avoided criticizing Ole Miss, whose nickname don't don't be shocked here, Dan, the Rebels. Uh, that one was not, but, but here's where I think, I mean, if, if the commissioner of the SEC or somebody said to, uh, the KA fraternity at Ole Miss, you can't have your rebel flag up when you walk in or your old South party, which is the biggest night of the year. Then I think we're really having a serious conversation. I'm joking about that, but every, you, you've been on fraternity row in a million campuses and, uh, you, you, you will see a Confederate flag in, in a lot of them, especially in that one. Um, but. I think it was symbolically, it's a good, it's a good move. Um, I'm not sure what it really means though. If it, it, if it's going to have a lot of impact. Is Ole Miss called Ole Miss? Is Ole Miss on their helmets next season? Um, If we have a season, um, probably not. And I don't know how we play football. I know that everybody keeps saying, Hey, football, you got time to figure this out. You got a hundred players on these teams, Paul. I mean, it, yeah. if you just do the math, I do, I, I think it's wishful. I think it's optimist uh, optimism, but I, I'm not even cautiously optimistic. I'm just cautious with all of this, Paul. Dan, I, I've, I've I've interviewed every commissioner in college football a couple of times now. Every athletic director, and they all say we're very hopeful. We're optimistic. It sounds like you know you're at the the Paris Peace Talks from 50 years ago. Um, that we, we had a very, uh, a very, very, very substantive meeting. The bottom line is nobody wants to be the person who says we're not going to have college football. Kirk Herbstreet about eight weeks ago came, came out and he said, we're not having college football season. <laughs> and, and he hasn't been seen since. I mean, he's been, a, he's been in a bunker uh, and he's afraid to come out because you don't want to be that guy. Uh, I mean, there are people who are, I've just read, uh, you know, well-known uh, commentators assassinating Anthony Fauci's care, uh, credibility because he, he came on and said uh, it's, it's doubtful. I don't know how you do it. Um, I agree with you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm it's not my decision. I'm a commentator uh, and talk show host like you are, but I, I think it's an incredibly strong, a uh, big challenge. Um, and, and not only uh, are some saying we're going to have it, uh, the, there's athletic directors in Texas saying we're going to have 50 to 75% capacity uh, in, in the stands. I mean, that's even more outrageous to think, to consider than, than even having a season, which you could start a season maybe. Um, I, I think the challenge is, is what everyone says, you know, getting to the end of it. Talking to Paul Feinbaum of the Mothership, I was wondering about this, and I proposed this, I don't even know what day it is, but, you know, months ago, can you have the students go back in August and they go to Thanksgiving, and then you could have football start as I know the student's going to want to be there for football, but if you're trying, this is about money. This is all about money. And, you know, certainly with the NFL, certainly with baseball, you know, maybe college is not as heavy handed, but can I squeeze in a college football season that starts after Thanksgiving and still accomplish? Maybe it's an abbreviated season. Uh, what's the likelihood of college football starting later than earlier? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think they'll, they'll, <laughs> college football people will start it whenever they have to start it. They, they don't care. Um, but the problem, the, the problem with that though, is it's a, it's about a 15 week season uh, under normal circumstances. And if you started then, 
uh, you're you're really in a more dangerous time of the year for 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 not only COVID but for the flu. I know. Uh, that's the peak of the flu season. Um, and I, I don't want to sound like I, I know know too much about this. I, I happen to be married to a doctor, so I hear it every night when she looks at me like, "Are you talking about having a college football season every on your show?" Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I I don't know. I mean, the truth truth is. They're going to try. Uh, I mean, I, I think I had a person tell me this to show you how crazy it is. I had a person tell me this that, that some that some coaches are, are hoping that all these players will get it, so so they maybe so maybe they won't get it again, and you can have the season. But yeah, I I don't know if that makes any sense. It obviously doesn't. But can we trust college coaches to even be honest about these tests once we get to the season? Uh, I mean, you talk about getting ready for the Ohio State Michigan game, the Alabama Auburn game, the Georgia Florida game. Are coaches going to say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my, my star player uh, tested positive. I'm going to quarantine him in the offensive line. Uh, I mean, I, college football is, is ripe with, 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 uh, with lying and cheating and, and fraudulence uh, and, and deception. And, I, and I, I don't think this would be any different. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And and I have we joked about it, you know that you know maybe knowing Saban, hey everybody gets sick, so then we're ready and nobody else is ready, you know a team activity. Come on out, we're gonna take Come on. everybody go to the lake house. We're gone. It's a it's a Corona party in more ways than one. Come on in, it's a, it's on me. But yeah, we're gonna be like Sweden. I just don't. I I I want to have college football, but that doesn't mean we're gonna have college football. If I said starting on time. The odds of starting on time for all of these conferences is what? Uh, I think I think some will start on Labor Day weekend, uh, and I know I'm not giving you a namby pamby answer. I I don't think everyone will, uh, and, and I think that's where the dysfunctionality of the season will begin. The only thing that will that will stop that is this: that students start arriving back on campus in late August, and the problem just uh, met, uh, just blows up. And college presidents. Uh, like the one at Michigan who spoke out a couple of weeks ago, just say, you know what, we can't do it. And then there's a trickle down effect. But, but right now, uh, it, it's just like politics. Nobody wants to speak up uh, in Washington, D.C. And it's the same in college athletics. Nobody wants to be the one that, that, that stops and, and asks the question, what are we doing here? Uh, is this really safe? Uh, all they're really see all they seem to be doing is let's get to the season so we can start cashing those TV network checks. Paul, great to talk to you. Hope you're well, and uh, thanks for joining us. Dan, always a pleasure. Be well. That's Paul Feinbaum of The Mothership, New York Times bestselling author, and of course, host of The Paul Feinbaum Show on Sirius XM. All right, final hour coming up. The final three holes of the match yesterday between Mario and Tyler, the moderator. A shower of shame hanging in the balance at the end of the show. Mark Cuban will join us. I haven't even looked to see what's on the Traeger. I'm going to try to squeeze all of that in in the final hour of the program. The lineup includes Seton, Paulie, Fritzie, McLovin, yours truly, the boys in the back. Final hour coming up.